Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. We've spoken with Professor Anthony Turton a number of times before. We wanted to get an update and understand what is really going on in KwaZulu-Natal in terms of health and uh, safety with regard to the beaches, with regard to the water. Professor Anthony Turton, welcome back. How are you? Good morning to you and the listeners. Uh, great to be on air again. So uh, you you posted a, something on, on, on Facebook in terms of uh, what is going on in KwaZulu-Natal. Give us a sense of, of the current situation in terms of quality of water in the, on the beaches, in the, uh, the sea, etc. Yes, so there's an ongoing um, uh, dispute, if uh, I think that's a very polite way of putting it, just as maybe even more tense than a dispute, between uh, the uh, municipality and their spokespeople and the uh, society at large. And it's all over this uh, this wastewater issue. So wastewater is is being uh, mismanaged in, uh, in Etequini as it is in, in other parts of the country. And um, we have had that, that very unfortunate situation uh, when, the, when that looting happened in 2021. Mm. There was a, um, a, building, a building burnt down, and that contained thousands of tons of, uh, of highly toxic chemicals. And that also flowed down a river, down the Otranga River. And that's also caused, caused damage to that whole local ecosystem. So you've now got one catastrophe on top of another, on top of another. And it's, it's all uh, um, culminated in this whole uh, 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 focus area on beaches and beach safety. And of course, now we start getting oh, we to, uh, right. Right. The, the disputed area because uh, you know, what is the data? What data is uh, is reliable? And I must speak out for for uh, uh, there's a lab called Talbot. They've come to the party as part of their corporate social response. Right. We are struggling uh, with the line a little bit. We're just going to see if we can uh, – uh, let's let's see if that is a better uh, – are you there? Let's try that again. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, 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 really, really not great. So the labs are, are assisting, giving you the information that uh, that is accurate. So then, then what is the the to and from? I mean, surely facts are facts. Either the the quality of the water is problematic, or it isn't. Well, in your world, in my world, that is so. But in the world of an of, of a of, of a politician, uh, that's not so, because then you just dispute these issues and you deflect. So the simple fact, the simple fact of the matter is that the beach water along the uh, the Durban uh, coastal area is uh, has got very high E. coli levels. That's a fact, undisputed fact. Uh, whether that's uh, whatever you know, we can talk about other stuff, but that's the fact of the matter. And then the other fact of the matter is that. If we've got sewage contamination, you can't just fix that up in the blink of an eye. It's not just a question of, of a mayor making a decision that from tomorrow there will be no more sewage problems because, because that problem is a manifestation of decades of infrastructural failure. So you can't just suddenly fix the problem at the blink of an eye. You can't say, oh, oh, but for the last week there's been no spillage, therefore, therefore there, should, there should be nothing in the ocean. There's a residual effect, uh, the, you know, the, the, this, this, the, uh, the soil, the, the 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 sludge, the sediment at the bottom of the rivers has all been so contaminated. It will take years for that to move through the system. So there's a long, slow cumulative mm, impact. Mm. And of course, the important thing is that you know, if we believe in science, and not everyone does, but if we believe in science, then 
then uh, we know from the scientific literature right. that once we start overloading a system with nutrients, with nitrogen and phosphate, we know with a high assurance of supply we become eutrophic. We know with a high with a high guarantee of, of, of what's going to happen. We know that we get uh, uh, blooms of algae, uh, uh, blue greens and reds. And these things are toxic. We know that for the fact. So we can we can dispute the underlying numbers, but the fact of the matter is that this is what is happening in that area. So we're getting algal blooms. We're getting uh, we're getting all sorts of enrichment. We get uh, elevated levels of E. coli. But of course, what's unspoken about is what else comes down with the sewage, and that is pathogens. Hmm. And in the in the in the peak that uh, that that, that uh, I was criticised on, I mentioned. Uh, two cases. There's a rare condition called flesh-eating bacteria, necrotizing fasciitis. There have been two recorded cases in, in, in KZN of necrotizing fasciitis, on record, fully recorded, fully diagnosed. There have been three recorded cases in the Vol River system. So we've got at least five recorded cases that I'm aware of in South Africa. One, one has been fatal. The other four have, have required you know, various uh, invasive surgical procedures to save the patients. One of the patients is a famous man called R.W. Johnson, who you all know about. He lost his leg to necrotizing fasciitis. So these are all facts. These are all undisputed facts. Whether this is going to get worse in the future or not, we can't say. But these are the facts as we are. We know them. So it doesn't. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to continue polluting your water resources with sewage and not expecting any unintended consequences. That's my message. The w- w- the dangerous thing about the denial of facts is that means you don't need to do anything about it. If you acknowledge it, at least there's a chance we can fix it, uh, or it can be fixed. But if if there's denial as to how serious this is or isn't, then then that's uh, that that's a major problem in terms of the way forward. Surely. Spot on, 100% correct. Uh, if you deny, if, uh, if, by denying, you deflect the problem to somebody else, but you don't take responsibility, therefore you don't fix it. If you don't fix it, if, if you don't even recognize it as being an issue, then you cannot fix it. And that's the, that, no, that's the, the, the problem. Um, people like myself, uh, professional people working in the sector for many, many years, we've tried our best to work with government. We've tried our level best to reach out to them. They regard us as their enemy. They do not want to sit down and talk to us. This is the problem. So they continue to Why do you think that, that is? Why do you think that is? Because surely if you've got people like yourselves who are both knowledgeable and passionate about this, surely those are the very people you want to, even if you have a advisory board or a uh, external uh, body that can assist to get this right, why wouldn't you do that? Well, I think you... <laughs> That's a great question that you ask, and I think the reason is because you don't fully grasp the significance of it, and therefore you hide behind this this uh, this demonization. By demonizing something, you know you, cre- you 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 create an excuse for your non-action. That's what it is. You demonize and you say, "Oh, this is the this is the World Health Organization, or this is the whatever, you know, the the global water, whatever." You know? mm. it's, it's, it's their fault. Uh, um, but then you don't take responsibility yourself. And, of course, this is not in the best interest of society. So there's a mismatch between our societal best interests and and the best interests of, of, of government. And at the end of the day, this tension is getting so big between those two poles that eventually you know, one, one has to give. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't have this level of incompatibility happening in perpetuity. So, for example, we've only had two cases of necrotizing fasciitis in case in fact, are, are we now going to wait to get 20? Are we, then, are we going to wait mm, and then, then mm. get 200? 
And then say, oh, no, we have a problem, but we've known about it for many, many years already. So when do we get proactive about this? And when is the proactive uh, person uh, actually an alarmist and actually, you know, uh, uh, making people excited about something that doesn't really exist? So where, this, where is the ethical line for a scientist that knows about something and, 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 and fails to act? This is that's an ethical question that I grapple mm, with every mm. single day in my professional life. It's 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 just absolutely it's absolutely absurd, and of course the impact of, uh, if is uh, going to be quite significant on tourism as well, because I've noticed that every time we head towards July, every time we head towards December, listeners are saying, "Well, hold on, is it safe to go there? Should we go to Umschlang, or should we maybe look at alternative places?" And ultimately, the financial impact in an area that is uh, reliant on tourism is going to be very very significant. I, I can't floor anything that you've said there, and I, you know, I want I want very much for people to come down to KZN and have a fantastic holiday. I, mm. I really want that to happen. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not anti-tourism. I, in fact, on the contrary, I, I'm working with uh, tourist operators to try and make themselves more resilient. But ultimately, there's a moral responsibility as well to you know to to other people. And and you know, I I, I believe very very strongly in that moral ethical. Uh, uh, a code that was defined by Einstein Russell. You know, if, uh, good science needs a moral conscience. If you can't just have good science without a moral conscience, then, then you start splitting the atom and making an atomic bomb that's harmful to human beings. So good science must have a moral conscience, and that, and, and that, that scientist must not be afraid to get up and speak because they speak facts. They must not be afraid Absolutely to be, to be uh, right. attacked. Yeah. as well. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's been missing and has been missing quite significantly in South Africa is moral courage. It's the, it's one of the most important things to stand up and, uh, and, uh, talk about the things that are maybe uncomfortable for other people to hear. This is where we leave it. Professor Anthony Turton, you just keep doing that and, uh, let's hope that ultimately it does make a difference.